Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening, you're listening to my latest installment of my weekly college football chat. Um, Sorry for not recording once again on Sunday night. Uh, Long, long uh, night for me, uh, to say the least. But uh, glad to be back on with you guys. Uh, Excited to talk about uh, week four from the college football season. Some fantastic football games uh, that we'll dive into. And I got some great questions um, from listeners to discuss. Really, really excited about uh, this week and some of the great topics that I have to discuss. Um, So I'm just going to dive right into it. Uh, One of my great listeners uh, from Twitter at Canucks Won't Win um, Washington or Florida State, which one is more of a lock to make the college football playoff? Now this week I changed my top 25, at least my top 10. I put Washington as my new number one. And I did so because I believe personally that they have looked like the most elite and dominant team in college football. Um, y- after thinking about it some more, maybe you can throw Oregon in there as well, and I have them further down my list. Uh, I believe eight, nine, or eight, nine, or ten somewhere in there. So I mean, I I, I feel like I probably got that one wrong. Uh, a- after thinking it through some more this week, um, but yes, I have Washington number one. I believe that they've looked like the best team thus far. Uh, they look absolutely elite. But to answer this question, I really feel like Florida State is, I guess you could say, more of a lock in this case because of who they've beat. They beat LSU on a neutral field. I think we can all see a scenario where LSU can win out. There is absolutely a scenario where LSU can run through the SEC West uh, because the SEC West is down this year. I shouldn't say down. It's very competitive, but it's not as top-heavy as it's been in years past. Alabama's beatable, and everybody else is very close. Uh, but at the same time, I, I personally think that the Pac-12 is going to be a gauntlet. Those top eight teams in the Pac-12 are absolutely fantastic it's going to be very difficult for Washington or anyone to go undefeated in the Pac-12. Even to have one loss in the Pac-12 would be an absolutely fantastic season worthy of a college football playoff berth. That's why I'm going to go with Florida State being more of a lock right now because, one, they defeated LSU, and, two, they won at Clemson. And I understand Clemson is down. But they went to Clemson. Clemson has been the behemoth in the ACC for the past 10 or so years. That has to be taken into the equation here. And, and I know we have to look at all of a lot of us preseason, myself included, had Clemson ranked very highly and potentially as a college football playoff participant. I didn't have them there. I, th- I said Florida State was going to beat them and go to the playoff. But at the same time, I did have Clemson in the 10 to 15 range, which is a very good football team. Obviously, losing to Duke 
I don't think very many of us saw that happening. I thought it was a p- potential to happen. The way that it happened, I, none of us saw coming. But to go into Death Valley, that is a really, really, really good win. And obviously, Florida State hasn't beaten Clemson since 2014. That's an absolutely huge win for them. That's why right now I would say they are more of a lock for the playoff than, honestly, probably anyone, Washington included, just because of who they've beaten thus far. There's a lot left to play. We've only played four weeks, five weeks, if you include week zero. So there's so much football left to be played. But if you're looking at it based off of who teams have beat right now, you you have to say Florida State is the best lock out of everyone because of who they've beaten. Uh, Obviously, so much football left to be played, like I said. But I, I have to say Florida State is more of a lock than Washington in this question. Although I do have Washington ranked number one. I've had Florida State ranked number one for a couple of weeks. But I decided to move Washington up there just because I felt they have done some amazing work and deserve to be up there. Um, discussing the Texas-Baylor game uh, from uh, on Twitter at Y2JOJO. Uh, I... I per- personally, I didn't watch the game. I didn't have the opportunity to watch it. So I, I can't give as great of an insight as some may like um, because I-, I was coming back. I was at the Illinois-Florida Atlantic game this weekend. I will get into that later on in the show. Um, but at the same time, when I got home, I instantly turned on Ohio State-Notre Dame, and that's where my eyes went. Uh, but just looking at the the box score and, and, and the like, seeing how Texas Texas manhandled Baylor. The way that they were probably supposed to based off of how things have looked thus far. Um, but I, I think that we have to say that this Texas team is really, really, really good. And we have to give them the kudos that they deserve. This is a really, really good football team. And on the other side, Baylor's really bad. And is Dave Aranda on the hot seat at Baylor? He didn't capitalize on the, I, I don't want to call it a flash flash in the pan or like the, the, the instant success that they had. Maybe he put too much in the, in the uh, shape and basket at the quarterback position. Not saying that Jerry Bohannon was, was going to do any more at that, at, at that opportunity, but maybe and then the other the other thing I think of too is I think I personally think Coach Rand is a good coach and I think he will have success but maybe not at Baylor. Does his the way that he coaches it, it does it resonate with players? I think a lot of the players now <clears throat> and, and I coached more like I coached like Coach Aranda, yes when I when I was a college head coach, those of you who don't know, I was a head women's college basketball coach. I was fiery. I pressed. I got into it. I, w- I was up and down the sidelines, but not to a point where it was a show. And, and, and I feel like a lot of these players like that flashy coach. Not to the level of Coach Prime. Coach Prime is on another level of that. And, and he has the personality and the persona to do that. I obviously could not do that. And and. of coaches out there could not do that. 
there there is it's obviously complete opposite ends of the spectrum when you're talking about coach prime and coach de aranda but i just wonder if that the way that he coaches and that personality type if it just doesn't resonate with players in today's current state of college football and it's unfortunate because he he really is a good coach he really is I just don't know if players respond to that type of coaching. It's it's unfortunate to to see to see that, but I think you really have to question is 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 he the right fit here? And Baylor is falling down the Big Twelve food chain very quickly, and. The, and in the new look Big 12 that's coming after Texas and Oklahoma look, or leave, I should say, after this season, Baylor should be near the top. But they're going to be nowhere near that from a football perspective. And that's not good. But to, but to, to really talk about Texas, where this conversation should go, Quinn Ewers is having an unbelievable season. And he absolutely should be in the Heisman conversation. I haven't put him in my Heisman top five yet, uh, but but I, I I think I think it's getting to the point where I need to. I mean, his performance against Alabama was absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> in this game against Baylor, he really didn't have to do anything special. He threw for two hundred ninety three y- yards and a touchdown. He also ran for a touchdown, had a big twenty nine yard scamper, um, eighteen for twenty three. Really didn't have to do too much spectacular wise just because they were in complete control of this football game but the level he has raised his his game to this season speaks volumes to to where this team is at and and his growth has led to this team's resurgence you can say and, and and I'm really excited for the matchup that they have this week against Kansas because I have Kansas in my top 25. I think Kansas is a really good football is a good football team. I should say not really good. They're good, so it's a good it's a good test. And obviously, we've seen Kansas go into Austin and have success in the recent past. Uh, much different Texas team, obviously, than now. So I, I think it's going to be a really good test. Obviously, a better test than Baylor. Um, but again, they've already went into Alabama and won. I think everybody's looking. Oh, Texas better not be looking ahead to Oklahoma because Kansas is good, and I don't think they will. I think they'll be ready, and they'll, they'll be ready to go. But to, to answer the question about the Texas Baylor game in particular, Texas is really good. I think it's very clear that they're the favorite in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma's close, but man, Baylor has fallen so far. It's pretty crazy. Uh, another question here from uh, Twitter at Go Herd or Go Home. Uh, Virginia Tech versus Marshall game and the gap between the Power Five and G Five. Marshall might be the best G Five team in college football. This is a really, really good football team. Now, Virginia Tech is pretty bad just to say the least uh i I, i've seen on twitter that brent pry is blocking certain virginia tech accounts that aren't even like aren't even like tweeting at him 
Like it, it, it's getting pretty bad already for him, and it's early on in that process. I feel. So kudos to Marshall for the way that they performed in that game. I I actually picked that upset to happen, um, just because Marshall's better. They just are. Uh, kudos to Virginia Tech to going to Huntington though. Um, you don't see those type of matchups happen very often. And kudos to Marshall and their fans. I saw a video uh, earlier of a uh, uh, drone flying through the stadium and everything as the players entered the field. I mean, Marshall is always going to be a fantastic place to play. Their fans are extremely supportive, and they do great there. I cannot wait. I'm hoping to go to Huntington next season for the 2024 season for a game. Um, but, wow, what, what a great atmosphere and what a great fan base they have. I think we've we, we've seen already this season that the that the G five the high level G five teams can absolutely beat the power five teams. We've seen I called Wyoming to beat Texas Tech. They did that. Wyoming's very good. Fresno State's beat two teams, Purdue in, at Purdue, and then they won at Arizona State twenty nine to nothing. And last week Arizona State hung with USC for the entire game. A week later. So, I mean, the gap is closing significantly. And, and, and I think the thing that really helped, there's two things that really, or there, there's a lot of things that really helped this. The gap is closing because of recruiting in the transfer portal. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people, when the transfer portal began, when we first really saw this, were like, oh, no, this is going to be really bad. And, and, and there's definitely bad parts of it. But the thing that the transfer portal has done is these top these top elite programs the players that aren't playing they're like i'm not going to sit here for two or three years and wait my turn anymore i want to go play so these players that were at the elite programs are now transferring to other programs and it's just a trickle down effect to where these g5 programs now are getting really good players and the other aspect of this too is the high school recruits that the power fives are no longer taking because they want to take the the uh transfer portal guys because at that level you have to win as a coach you have to win or you're going to get fired so these coaches are literally taking five high school recruits every year and then adding 25 transfer portal kids or more that, like that's what this is turning into so it's so the elite high school players are still going to the elite programs but you you're seeing a trickle-down effect of some four-star and very good three-star players going to these quote-unquote g5 programs and these other transfer portal players coming to these G5 programs and it's closing the gap significantly. Now, are these G5 programs competing at the level that these elite programs are? No, not yet. And, and there's always going to be the elite programs. There will be. But that that gap is closing. And it's closing significantly. And, and, and you've seen the Sun Belt. I believe they've won a game against a Power 5 program every week this season, I believe. I believe that's true. Um, and, and, and of course that's not the only conference that's done that this year you, you, this season we have not seen the quote unquote mega upset yet but what we've seen are quality G5 programs beating power 5 programs and yes it's not them beating the elite power 5 programs but the gap is closing it is closing and I think that's a great question and uh, something that's that's definitely 
like I said before, I think we all looked at this at the, at the beginning of the process with uh, the transfer portal, and we're like, oh, no, the rich are just going to get richer. But it's actually turned into the opposite effect. And, and I think it's great for the sport that that's, that that's the case because we're able to see a lot more parity, and parity is great for the sport. It's fantastic. And, and I think we're all fans of it. So next question here from my buddy Omar. Um, Air Force's New Year's Six potential, and can anyone overtake Ohio and Toledo in the MAC? Air Force definitely has an opportunity at the New Year's Six. Um, I, I put a tweet out there last night saying that the Sun Belt is uh, the best G5 conference far and away. And I, and I stand by that. I do. I stand by that. I think the Sun Belt has proven that. But the, mount, the top of the Mountain West is very good. Fresno State, Air Force, and Wyoming are very good. And Boise State. They're good teams. Um, the depth of the Sun Belt is far and away better than the Mountain West, though. Uh, that That is definitely true. Yes, those top four teams in the Mountain West are very good teams. They are. Air Force definitely has an opportunity to do, to, to be that New Year's Six representative. Because the issue with the Sun Belt is how deep it is. That 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 is that is the issue for the Sun Belt because will will the Sun Belt cannibalize itself of sorts and just beat each other up to a point where nobody ha is undefeated or has one loss? Where you look at Air Force, they're four and zero right now. Um, they get San Diego State, Wyoming these next two weeks at home. The toughest game on their schedule is at the end of the year they go to Boise State. Then, of course, the Navy and Army games are always tough because of what they mean. But their tougher Mountain West games are at home besides the Boise State game. So there is a definite potential for Air Force to... to the Air Force has the potential to run the table. And if, if any, obviously, if any G5 program runs the table, they're going to be that New Year's Six representative. So I, I think that it's definitely definitely the case that, that they have great potential to be that team looking at their schedule. So moving forward, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yes, I think the Sun Belt is a better conference top to bottom, but that top of the Mountain West is very good, like I said. And then the second half of the question, can anyone overtake Ohio and Toledo in the MAC? I, I I don't see a scenario where that happens. I really don't. I don't think anybody in the East is good enough. Miami, Ohio has is the only potential to Ohio, if I'm being honest. Toledo will have to deal with NIU. They'll have to deal with Eastern Michigan. Um, Ball State's not good. Central Michigan can put up a fight. We've seen, we've seen them uh, be feisty this year. Uh, Western Michigan is is in a complete rebuild, but Western Michigan gave Toledo a run last week. I was very pleased yet surprised to see that. But at the same time, I, I just feel Ohio and Toledo are are far and away better than everybody else in the MAC right now. But it's the MAC; anything can happen in the MAC. I think we've seen that year in year out. Uh, it, it's very difficult for the same teams to to repeat in the MAC 
it, it doesn't happen very often. But I think this year is uh, the case where that does happen, where they, where these two are the prohibitive favorites and they repeat. But again, it's the Mac. Anything can happen. So that, that, that that's why we love Maction. Another question from uh, the VFL show. Um, Joe Milton and Tennessee's chance at redemption against South Carolina. Tennessee definitely needs that. They definitely need this one. They need that bounce back performance after after their performance against Florida. I think having this game at home against South Carolina is big. Uh, it means a lot for them to be at Neyland Stadium for this game. Obviously, Tennessee had a good sh had a pretty good showing against UTSA, albeit without Frank Harris. Um, I know that was a game a lot of people were looking at from a G five perspective when the when the season started, but uh, UTSA has definitely not been able to live up to that expectation. It has everything to do with that injury, but um, but to answer the question, I think Tennessee has that opportunity to bounce back. I think they will this week, but I, I, I will add that South Carolina is like a pesky team this year, and I do think they're going to sneak up and beat somebody this year. I really do. I don't feel like that's going to be at Neyland Stadium. I don't feel like that, but I think I think we can definitely see the scenario where it could happen. Uh, Tennessee got out physical by Florida, so I, I really feel we're going to see we're going to see Tennessee respond in this game and uh, want to show everybody that hey, that that was. That's not who they are. And I feel like they're going to bounce back and respond in that fashion. But like I said, watch out for South Carolina. They're they're going to beat somebody this year. <clears throat> I, I think it happens in Columbia, not in Knoxville, though. Just my personal opinion. I think Joe Milton, he's got to play better, obviously. Uh, but I think the South Carolina defense has shown at times this season that they 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 definitely bend uh, potentially break as well so i think there's definitely an opportunity here for tennessee to bounce back and bounce back in a good way um, at ville sports live wants me to talk about louisville louisville's looked really good this year jawar jordan is somebody that we should uh, be discussing uh, just because of how fantastic he's played this year I, I saw some arguments. I, I ranked Louisville this week in my top 25. I put them at number 25 just because I feel like they've they've earned that. Um, and I, I've seen arguments by some saying, oh, they don't, they don't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. But uh, because of who they've played, we can only play the teams on your schedule. And the teams on their schedule that they've played, they've handled, and they've done exactly what they need to do. Um, next week, they get... Notre Dame, prime time at night. Fourth week in a row, by the way, that, that Notre Dame will be playing at night. That's rough for for them. But you're Notre Dame. That's what you do. But kudos to Louisville for the for what they're doing right now. Like I said, Jawar Jordan need, needs to be discussed for what he's doing. This Friday, they go to NC State. I'm excited to see that game. I think that's going to be a really good football game. Uh, good opportunity for Louisville to make a statement here. But Jawar Jordan, so far this season, 50 carries, 
478 yards, six touchdowns, nearly 10 yards per carry. Uh, he's, he's just been fantastic so far. Then receiving, he's got 133 yards on six catches and a touchdown. A 22-yard average has a long of 75. He's a huge big play threat. Like I said, have they played the toughest competition? No, but they've done what they needed to do. They came back and beat Georgia Tech. They destroyed Murray State. They beat Indiana. And then they destroyed Boston College last week. Obviously not the best opponents. This NC State game coming up is a really good test for them. And then they host Notre Dame. So And then they're going to host Duke later on. They go to Miami. They host Kentucky. So, I mean, they, they got some tests coming up. But this is a much better team than, than people realize. And looking forward at their schedule, how many wins can this team get? How many wins can they get? They, I, I'm intrigued by this game against NC State. They better be ready for that that pretty good offense that NC State has. Brennan Armstrong is going to throw a lot at him. He can do a lot of things. That Notre Dame game is obviously going to be a tough task. But this Louisville team definitely looks like they're up for the challenge. I, I'm very, very intrigued by this by this team moving forward. I think they can do some really good things. How many wins can they get? Can they get 10 wins or more? Can they be in the ACC title game? I, I think there's a scenario where you could see that potentially. Duke and Florida State seem to be the top the top teams here. But Louisville is definitely going to be in that, in that race. They're definitely there. So this is a team to watch moving forward in the ACC race. Um, at USF Parade, USF's potential to run the conference this season. I'm I'm very excited about what USF has done thus far. I, I am. They're two and two. They're two losses. I was at their week one game against Western Kentucky. I was very impressed about what they put on the football field in week one. Then they turn around, beat FAMU, had an unbelievable performance and a loss to Alabama. Then they beat Rice last week. Looked really good in that game. They go to Navy this week. Navy obviously presents a ton of challenges. Navy looked really bad in week zero against Notre Dame. But then their last, then they played Memphis last week, and they looked pretty good. They almost won that game. So, I mean, this is going to present some challenges. Their next two games are on the road. They go to Navy and to UAB. Do I think I, – I, I don't think there's a scenario where they're, quote-unquote, running the conference. I think it's very clear that this conference runs through – Tulane and Memphis and even SMU potentially but USF is definitely definitely in the running and USF should definitely make a bowl game I, I, I'm not going to go out there and say that they're going to run the conference um, just because I, I don't feel like defensively they're good enough they've they've made huge strides from last season they really have Compared to last season, they're leaps and bounds better. And offensively, I mean, they're they're a hundred times better. Uh, Byron Brown is the leading rusher for quarterbacks in college football. I mean, he has had an unbelievable season thus far. He he is a heck of a football player. And uh, I I think this week they take care of business against Navy and U, UAB has not looked good this year. So I think that's another game next week where they can where they can make some noise. 
but I'm not, not going to go out there and say that they're going to run the conference. I think the conference still runs through Tulane, at least the, this season with Michael Pratt. Um, but at the same time, crazier things have happened, and this USF team is is pretty good. They are, They really are. But again, defensively, I don't think they're good enough to to win the conference uh, at buzz BSU Washington being a playoff team. I absolutely think Washington will be a playoff team. That's why I have them ranked number one in my top 25 this week. Michael Penix jr. Looks like the Heisman trophy winner right now. Um, obviously only four games in, but to me, the reason I rank them number one is they have looked like the best team. They have been the most complete and elite team thus far in my opinion and uh i absolutely feel that they should be in that playoff conversation and i think they will be that's a really really good football team and their receiving core i would argue is the best in college football i obviously ohio state will have an argument there as well but roma duze is he's that dude he is that dude, and he might be the best wide receiver in college football. I know that might upset some Ohio State fans. I know uh, Mitch from the Three Technique Pod will love hearing me say that because I know he is the he has been saying that Roma Duze will will win the Bolitnikoff Award, and I think it's looking more and more like that that could be the case. He has been absolutely fantastic this year. And uh, right now, I would vote him as a, the Blitnikoff winner, personally. But yes, I believe Washington absolutely will be in uh, the playoff as of right now and looking moving forward. Speaking of three technique pod, those guys, uh, their question, curious what you need to see from Oregon to make them a top five team. I, I said this earlier that... After thinking about it a little bit more, I, I do realize I have them ranked far too low. They have definitely uh, performed at an elite level. Um, they did what they were supposed to do against Colorado, to be completely honest. Um, Colorado was overmatched, and that was very clear. Colorado has nothing in the trenches, and that was very, very clear in that game. Oregon's just way more physical. They're just better in every, every aspect and took care of business the way that they were supposed to do. And uh, <clears throat> I definitely should have Oregon ranked higher. I absolutely should. Uh, that That's a, that's a mis, misjudgment on my part. But I think the top five, the argument that I'll make in that case is the top five this year, it, it is difficult. Um, Washington has looked fantastic. Georgia is Georgia until proven otherwise. Michigan's look good. Ohio State. You you put Florida State. I mean, there's there's a Penn State, USC. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can look at this, um, but at the same time, reevaluating my top twenty five, I think that would be the one. Oregon would definitely be the team that I would need to reevaluate and, and put in a different situation a after thinking about it some more. Uh, that definitely definitely seems to be the case and then the last question from uh ufm web uh marshall and james madison eventual battle and what it means for the conference i, I think it's pretty clear that marshall and james madison 
and, and I don't want this to be a slight to Georgia State at all because Georgia State has looked very good thus far. But I think it's very clear that JMU and Marshall are the top two in the Sun Belt. And that eventual battle is going to be fantastic. It's it's unfortunate that JMU can't uh, can't compete for a Sun Belt title. They already won at Troy um, this season, but I, I think we're all really looking forward to that matchup, October nineteenth. JMU at Marshall. It's going to be fantastic. I I can't wait for that game. I really I really think that game. Obviously, they're both undefeated. Is there a potential for both of them to be undefeated? To that point, looking at Marshall's schedule until then, um, this this week they have Old Dominion. They go to NC State on the CW. That's going to be a heck of a game. They go to Georgia State. So, I mean, back-to-back weeks there where that's tough. I mean, they'll definitely beat Old Dominion this week. But the next two weeks, having it going to NC State and to Georgia State, obviously, that that's, that's difficult. That is definitely difficult. But there's definitely the potential for them to be undefeated. Looking at JMU, this week they host South Alabama. That's going to be a battle. Um, then they host Georgia. Then they get a week off and host Georgia Southern. So I think it's very possible that JMU is undefeated going into that game. I, I think it. Looking at JMU's schedule, JMU has a has a pretty decent shot to. Not only ten wins, maybe eleven or over over that even. Looking at their schedule, um, but going to Marshall, that's that's going to be a heck of a battle. I mean, the two best defenses in the Sun Belt battling it out there. That that's going to be a heck of a football game, and I cannot wait for that. But uh, to finish the discussion now, like I said this week, I went to the University of Illinois for the Florida Atlantic at Illinois game. Wasn't a great uh, showing by the fans. Well, first, let me say my wife and uh, a, a couple, a friend, some friends of ours from church went with us as well. It was a great, great experience. I, it, I was really excited for my wife to come with me. First time she's come with me. Uh, it was her first experience of an FBS uh, football game. Uh, her only experiences for college football were high school and then the Division three where she played basketball at and then me coaching at that same level. So she hadn't experienced a high level of college football. Now, it was unfortunate that the the uh, stadium wasn't even remotely close to being full. It was a uh, obviously <clears throat> not a Big Ten opponent, so wasn't a uh, packed house by any means. Illinois had lost two games in a row, so that maybe they're a little down about that, the fan base. But still, it's always a joy to go to those atmospheres and those environments and it, it was fun to just experience that with her and for to get her support uh for for what i'm doing with my podcast and my journey to go to all these games and it it, it it's much appreciated and loved on my side to see that she loves and supports me in that way so i i had a blast in that regard <clears throat> from the game's perspective obviously uh Florida Atlantic wasn't the best opponent, but Florida Atlantic put up a good fight. Illinois won 23-17. to Game was a lot closer than it should have been. I'll give FAU credit. They got some really, really good speed on the defensive side that, that really gave Illinois some fits in cert, certain circumstances. 
Isaiah Williams was Illinois' offense for the longest time in that game. Isaiah Williams is fantastic at the wide receiver position. The thing I worry about for Illinois in the Big Ten is like, obviously Big Ten defenses will take him away, and then what will Illinois be able to do? Because Luke Altmaier is not very good at the quarterback position, and their running game can only do so much now that Chase Brown is off in the NFL. So, and and then Illinois' offensive line was not – up to the task so i it was it was unfortunate to see fau get as many sacks as they did from that perspective but kudos to fau i think they're going to do some good things uh but the american them moving up to the americans can be very interesting to see obviously with the injury at the quarterback position to uh thompson i i was intrigued to see how that would work out but uh i believe it was richardson did a really good job more than serviceable job against a good Illinois defense. So Florida Atlantic stalled, went for it a couple times inside their own 20-yard line where they could have kicked, and they missed a field goal or two as well. I mean, this Florida Atlantic could have won this football game without a doubt. So Illinois got a lot to worry about there. But again, uh, they got the W. That's what matters. And again, always love attending games. Memorial Stadium is a is a great place to watch a football game. Uh, I, I love I love Illinois' band, one of the best bands in the country. It's it's an absolutely great experience going there. And uh, this is the third time now that I've been there. Went there twice last year, then again this year. Uh, definitely be back in the future. Can't wait. It's a great place to watch a football game. Like I've said. Uh, then let's go ahead and dive into last week, week four, Georgia State winning at Coastal, the standalone game on Thursday. I know I told you guys last week I was really excited about that game. As a Coastal fan, I tip my cap to Georgia State. They've beat the two teams that I cheer for the most in Coastal Carolina and UConn. Georgia State's much better than I thought they were. Uh, Darren Granger is, a, is playing unbelievably well. He, he might be the best quarterback in the Sun Belt right now. Uh, Coastal, on the other hand, a new coach in Tim Beck. It's going to take some time. And it's unfortunate because they have Grayson McCall, the best player in program history. Um, but at the same time, like Coastal fans got to give it a little time. It's going to take some time to get things clicking the right way. Uh, Wisconsin destroyed Purdue. NC State struggled against Virginia, but they got it done. Boise State... Uh, beat San Diego State. Ashton GT with a fantastic game, 205 yards rushing and two touchdowns in that game. Air Force beat San Diego State. Air Force is playing tremendous. Duke destroys my UConn Huskies. Uh, I'll get into that. I'm going to do my UConn football chat by myself this week. Just got to talk about some things there. Michigan beats Rutgers. Rutgers covers the spread like I said they would. Rutgers is a lot better this year. Michigan took care of business like they were supposed to do, but Rutgers is is a lot better. Rutgers is going to make a bowl game. That's for sure. Um, Florida State beats Clemson in overtime. It, it, it was ugly sometimes, but Florida State got it done, and that's what matters. I know some people are going to sit there and say, is Florida State even that good? I don't care. I already talked about this earlier in the show, but we all we all thought Clemson was going to be a lot better than what they are. You got to look at what we thought in the preseason, what this team was going to be. And we all thought this was going to be a potential top 10 matchup. Give Florida State their due. Absolutely. 
That is a one of the hardest places to play in college football. They got it done. It doesn't have to be pretty, but they got it done. That's all that matters. Oklahoma beat Cincinnati. I'm very impressed by Oklahoma's defense. Their offense struggled in this game. I think you got to give Cincinnati a little credit here. But uh, can Oklahoma continue their defensive play moving forward in the Big 12? Syracuse beats Army. Army was up in this game at the beginning. Uh, good showing by them. Texas A&M beats Auburn. Really wasn't even a, wasn't even that close. I think A&M's better than I thought they would be. Troy beats Western Kentucky. Really good win for them. Uh, I think Western Kentucky has the potential to run the table from here on out. Uh, I, I see them going 10-2 and two in the regular season now, winning out. Kentucky wins big at Vanderbilt. I already discussed this game, but Marshall beats Virginia Tech. Another Power 5 victory for the Sun Belt. TCU handles SMU. Tulsa wins at NIU. I was thinking about going to this game, but the early start uh, piled with my son's soccer game. Just didn't work, so I went to Illinois instead. Uh, Toledo beat Western Michigan in a game that was much closer than anybody thought. Georgia Southern destroys Ball State in Muncie. Ball State's in trouble, and I think Coach New could be uh, one of the next coaches uh, unemployed. Let's just say that. Oregon destroys Colorado. Kudos to the Ducks. Dan Lanning is an unbelievable football coach. I know he's taken some flack by how he, <clears throat> by some of the things that he said in this game. I think the thing that has to be remembered in all these, people only see these 15 to 20 second clips. And Dan Lanning had it, has talked about this in a press conference. People only see these 15 to 20 second clips that these quote-unquote media people at ESPN and Fox Sports and all that put together. So that's what you see and that's what you get. But you need to see the full context. And I take no offense to anything that Dan Lanning said, and I think Dan Lanning did a tremendous job. His job is to motivate his football team. That's his job as the head coach. I've been there. That was, I had to do that to my players, and I did, we did a good job of that because we won games. That's Dan Lanning's job. I personally feel that this Oregon team has a shot to make the college football playoff. And I personally feel that this Oregon team can win the national championship. They're that good. And I think Dan Lanning is that good of a coach. And I think that there's a very distinct possibility that Dan Lanning could be the next head coach at, say, Alabama. If Nick Saban retires after this season, which I think he will, I think Dan Lanning is the next man up. I, I think he's that good. He is that good of a football coach. The way he's able to motivate those players, yes, last year against Georgia, they looked bad in week one. But since then, they have looked really, really, really good. And no offense, but nobody was beating that Georgia team last year. That team was elite. Um, the 2019 LSU team is probably beating that team, but let's, or maybe like say that I believe in 2001, 2002 Miami Hurricanes beating that team, but that, that might be it. But again, kudos to Oregon and those people that are getting on Dan Lanning for for his comments or whatnot. He's motivating his team. He's doing it the right way. Colorado, Coach Prime, those guys. Yes, it, it's it's ugly some of the stuff that they're saying and doing. Um, I personally 
am not a fan of that some of that stuff that they're putting out there. But kudos to Oregon for how they handle that, taking care of their business, letting their pad let their pads do the talking, like they did in that game. Uh, Utah beats UCLA fourteen to seven. Man, if if you if Utah could just get Cam Rising back with how elite this Utah defense is, just get Cam Rising. If you could get Cam Rising from and the offense from last year, pair it with the defense from this year, team could win a national title. I mean, that, this Utah team could be really really good. We just don't know yet because we haven't seen Cam Rising. There's a really interesting team moving forward because to hold UCLA to seven points, this is a Chip Kelly offense that we are used to seeing piling on points. Kudos to Utah. Utah's really good, guys. Really intrigued to see how they play moving forward. Alabama, Ole Miss. Alabama defeats Ole Miss 24-10. Where do I start? Lane Kiffin is the most overrated coach in college football. I, I, I honestly thought that Lane, that Lane Kiffin w- was improving and getting better. I really did. I really did. And I even told somebody that, oh, Lane, Lane Kiffin could be could be next up for a very high level job in the college football world there's no way there's no way all he cares about is likes and tweets and and all that stupid stuff it, it, it's it's embarrassing the product that they put out on the field last week it's in the, the, the game plan or i should say lack of a game plan that they had because he's too worried about twitter it, it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and and I and I've said this before, and I'll say it again from an Alabama standpoint. Their defense is great, but people get off Jalen Milrow. Get, I'm sick. I'm sick of of Jalen Milrow in in the in the crap that he's taking. Yes, he threw a questionable interception, but he's. I believe now he started six games. Give the young man a break. He is what he is as a quarterback. Okay, I get that. He is a bit limited at what he can do right now. But Alabama needs to do a better job of putting him in the right situations to be successful. And that's on them and the coaching staff. But people, get off Jalen Milrow. I'm sorry. But, like, let the, let the young man play. Alabama ha- still has everything in front of him. They still can win the SEC West. I think they can beat Georgia if in an SEC title game situation. They could because Georgia hasn't looked great. I think Texas is really good. Let's see it play out. Let's see the whole thing play out. Okay. I know this isn't the elite Alabama team that we're used to seeing, but let's see him put everything together. And for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, shame on you. Be a better coach. Game plan instead of being on Twitter. For goodness sake, do your job. It's infuriating to see a coach that so many people hold in such a high regard just be so dreadful, honestly. Like, he's a good offensive coordinator. That's it. Miami wins big at Temple. Temple had been looking better, so great win by Miami. This Miami team's actually a lot better than anybody thinks. I already told you about Illinois FAU. Maryland wins at Michigan State. I have Maryland in my top 25. That's a good football team. Nebraska beats Louisiana Tech. Louisville destroys BC. Kansas beats BYU. You could really tell the physicality, the difference between Kansas and BYU. The uh, quote-unquote Big 12, Power 5, BYU coming up from the quote-unquote G5. There's a gap still, and you can see it between these 
these teams that moved up to the Big 12, there is a gap. There is a definite gap between the physicality aspects between the two, and we saw it this week. West Virginia beats Texas Tech. Neil Brown, man, is he, he actually is, might save his job. And for Texas Tech, man, oh, all the hype that they had coming into this season, my goodness. New Mexico wins at UMass in overtime. Ugh, man, the hype of UMass coming coming off of Week Zero is fading quickly. Old Dominion wins ten to nine against Texas A&M Commerce. Texas A&M Commerce last year was Division Two. This is their first year transitioning to the FCS level. Went for two for the win with twenty nine seconds left. Old Dominion that would have been the worst <laughs> worst loss this season. That's for sure. Man, that's ugly. How did they beat Louisiana? Let's just say that. Ohio destroys Bowling Green at Bowling Green. Holy smokes, Ohio is good. Miami, Ohio destroys Delaware State. Delaware State is... Uh, it's rough for them. Tennessee destroys UTSA. Iowa State defeats Oklahoma State in, in a quote-unquote barn burner, I guess you could say. Is Mike Gundy going to lose his job? I think he's in the same boat as Dabo Sweeney with the fact that he won't He's not adapting to the times when it comes to transfer portal and the like. USF beats Rice. Jacksonville State beats Eastern Michigan 21 to nothing. I said coming into this season that Jacksonville State was going to win six games or more. Guys, they're already three and one. That is a that's actually a good football team. Like Jacksonville State is good. And Eastern Michigan's pretty good too. That's a good win for Jacksonville State. Central Michigan goes to Mobile, defeats South Alabama. South Alabama just gave away the game. What a, what a really bad loss by them. ECU wins big. Liberty destroys FIU. FIU was had three game three game winning streak going into that game. Thirty eight to six. Watch out for Liberty. Liberty's four and zero. Their schedule is bad to say the least. Like the the hardest game on their schedule is at Western Kentucky. Uh, other and then at Jacksonville State, but other than that, Liberty could run the table, guys. Yeah, and what what would that mean? I, I think an undefeated Liberty Liberty team still wouldn't make a New Year's Six bowl with how bad their schedule is. <clears throat> Georgia Tech wins at Wake Forest. That's a bit of a surprise. LSU only beats Arkansas by three, but anybody who knows that rivalry knows that the game is always close. That's a great rivalry. I'm not surprised that it was a close game at all. The only thing I'm surprised with is why is this game played in September and not at the end of November? That That's the only thing that gets me there. Washington State defeats Oregon State 38-35 in a really, really good football game. The winner of the Pac-2 goes to Washington State. Cam Ward uh, might ha has entered the Heisman conversation now. Kudos to him for, for a great performance there. It'll be fun to watch. Obviously, both of these teams moving forward, but can Washington State make a run to the Pac-12 title? It's possible. Let's let's watch that moving forward. Florida only beat Charlotte twenty-two to seven. Interesting there. Houston beats Sam Houston thirty-eight to seven. Colorado State wins at Middle Tennessee thirty-one to twenty-three. Good win for them. I think that team's a lot is, is pretty darn good. We saw that against Colorado. Arizona wins at Stanford twenty-one to twenty. Tulane destroys Nichols. 
Wyoming beats App State at home. App State gave that game away too, but kudos to Wyoming for winning that game. In the surprise for me of the week, Arkansas State beats Southern Miss. Arkansas State might have found a quarterback. I know I've been very hard on Butch Jones, uh, but good win for them. Texas State defeats Nevada. Really good performance by them. Georgia struggled early with UAB, but wins going away. I already talked about Texas over Baylor. Of course, have to talk about Ohio State Notre Dame. Unbelievable football game. Crazy to me that it took 52 minutes in this podcast for me to get there, but great, great game. Kudos to Ohio State for winning this game, but uh, Notre Dame, shame on you for only having 10 players on the field those last two plays. And Marcus Freeman, the, the excuse that he gave for that, we didn't want to run a player onto the field and cause a, a penalty. Who gives a crap? You're on the one foot yard. You're on the one foot line. Like, what does it matter? That is, that. this is just a terrible excuse. And... <laughs> I mean, I I would almost. I mean, this is this is an overreaction, obviously. But like, is that a fireable offense? My goodness! Like, how do you do that in the potentially the biggest game of the season? You only have ten players on the field, the last two plays of the game, and then your head coach after the game says, "Oh, I realized it, but we didn't want to get a penalty by running somebody onto the field." If I'm a Notre Dame fan and I hear that, I I probably break my TV screen. Like that's it's terrible, terrible. And it leads to the question that I've said before: Is Marcus Freeman in over his head? Like, you should not hire a brand new head coach at the University of Notre Dame. Like, you just shouldn't do it. That being said, Notre Dame could run the table the rest of the year, <clears throat> and and I would argue that they still have an opportunity to make the playoff because if Ohio State goes undefeated and wins the Big Ten, Notre Dame has an argument because they lost on the very last play of the game. So Notre Dame is still in the running in this. Ohio State played winning the game surprised me. I, I do have to add Ryan Day's little tirade after the game is perplexing to me because, I mean, the the points that Lou – he has to understand, like, Lou Holtz is a Notre Dame homer, and that's who he is, and he's going to say what he's going to say. He's 86 years old. Like, quit acting like a raging lunatic, Ryan Day. But at the same time, like – you guys have not been physical. That's why Michigan has destroyed you the past two years. Absolutely destroyed you because they've been so much more physical than you. So I'll give Ohio State some credit. But at the same time, you won the game by running to a place where there wasn't a defender. And you barely got in. Granted, you got in, you won the game. Does that mean you're physical? <laughs> I, I I I think his tirade over the game after the game was childish. I really do. I understand you got to motivate your players, but very very childish the way he acted after the game. Like you have to understand. Like Lou Holtz is eighty six. He's old, possibly senile. I don't want to talk poorly of him because he's a legend in the in the college football world. But he's a Notre Dame homer. He's going to say that because that's what homers do. So you have to understand that. Yes, you can use that as motivation for your players. But you shouldn't be like going on a tirade after the game in press conferences and on live TV looking like an absolute imbecile. Absolute imbecile. And then like saying, we played one bad half of football. 
like, buddy, you've gotten blown out by Michigan twice because you weren't physical. Like, face the facts. It is what it is. But then don't go on a soapbox talking about how physical your team is now. Like, because you won one game. Uh, just delusional. He's delusional. <laughs> Penn State destroys Iowa. I don't know if Iowa, if they even realized that they had a football game on Saturday. Indiana beats Akron in four overtimes. Ugly, ugly game. But Akron is much better than we all thought. Give them, give them credit there. Missouri beats Memphis. In a good game, those are two good teams, honestly. Missouri might be – I shouldn't say my – I'm going to say Missouri is the second-best team in the SEC East right now. I'm very impressed by what they've done because Memphis is good. Memphis is a good football team. Northwestern beats Minnesota in overtime. How did anyone lose from the Big Ten lose to Northwestern? I'm just mind-blown by that. Minnesota plays Louisiana. This could be the Sun Belts. Next opportunity to get another Power 5 win. They've gotten a Power 5 win. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I think they've gotten one every week this season. They very well could do it again. South Carolina beats Mississippi State. Mississippi State's got some questions that they got to figure out. Kudos to South Carolina for getting that W. Louisiana over Buffalo. The game was closer than I thought it would be, though. North Carolina wins a pit big. Uh, Kansas State beats UCF. Again, that physicality aspect like I've talked about. JMU wins at Utah State. Um... I didn't like Kurt Signetti, the head coach at or at uh, JMU, uh, showing and the staff showing a phone to the referee during a game about how badly they missed a call. Yes, they're human beings; they miss calls, but be a little bit more professional about it. You, you don't be so childish about it, JMU. Uh, UNLV beats UTEP. UTEP is really bad. Coach Dimmel might be the next in line to be uh, uh, unemployed. Washington looked unbelievable against Cal. Fresno State continues to look unbelievable. I have them in my top 25. USC struggles at Arizona State, but they still win. They get it done. They do what they're supposed to do. Hawaii comes back and defeats New Mexico State to get the W there. Now looking into week five. Thursday slate, we got three games. We got the 100 miles of hate, Middle Tennessee against Western Kentucky, and then Temple at Tulsa, and then Jacksonville State at Sam Houston. Uh, Sam Houston's got a good defense, but, man, Jacksonville State's good, guys. I've already said it. I'll say it again. It's a good football team. I think, like I've already said it before, I think Western Kentucky wins out. I got them winning that game. Temple-Tulsa, man, that, that game, I that's a tough one. I don't know who to go with in that game. The Just that one, maybe stay away with. <laughs> stay away from. Then Friday night, Louisville at NC State. Good football game there. Utah at Oregon State. Kind of crazy that this game's on a Friday night. Is Cam Rising going to play? This is an interesting one to watch because I'm I'm a big fan of Oregon State. Um, intrigued by this game for sure. Louisiana Tech at UTEP. I'm shocked that UTEP is actually favored right now in this football game. I don't see how because of how bad they've been this season. Then Cincinnati at BYU. Then on Saturday, Utah State plays at my UConn Huskies. Coastal Carolina goes to Georgia Southern. Michigan at Nebraska. Not as good of games this week as last week, but still, we got football. Penn State at Northwestern. Penn State needs to win this game big. USC at Colorado. Colorado, how will they bounce back? USC didn't look good last week. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. I think it's very clear that USC is the better team. But at the same time, I feel like this could be a game where Colorado bounces back a little bit. 
but at the same time, I also think USC could bounce back as well. So I'm I, that's an intriguing game, actually. Florida at Kentucky. Florida's looked better. Kentucky, we don't know. We haven't really seen them play anyone yet. They're undefeated, so this is a good opportunity for us to see like where they're at. Texas A&M at Ar- against Arkansas, this is always a good game. It's usually a shootout. Louisiana at Minnesota, I already said this game. I think it's the next opportunity for the Sun Belt to get. I, I, it might even be the last time this season that the Sun Belt, until a bowl game potentially, where they have an opportunity to beat a Power 5. I think Louisiana gets it done at Minnesota this week. Clemson goes to Syracuse. Syracuse always plays Clemson tough. Syracuse is undefeated. Clemson's favored, but in the Dome, the Carrier Dome, crazier things happen. UAB goes to Tulane. South Alabama at JMU. Buffalo at Akron. Buffalo is 0-4. I said that they would win the MAC East. What a terrible prediction by on my part. I'll be the first to admit that I screwed up there. Um, Eastern Michigan at Central Michigan. Interesting game there. Virginia at BC. This game's on the CW. Why would they do that to us? I don't understand. This is the worst game in the ACC of the season. Two terrible football teams. Miami, Ohio at Kent State. Arizona State at Cal. Interesting game there in the Pac-12. Cal at 2-2. They kind of need to win this game to try to get to bowl eligibility. Georgia at Auburn. Interesting game here. How big of a fight can Auburn put against Georgia? Their loss at Texas A&M, they didn't look good. Obviously, Georgia hasn't looked great this year either, so I'm intrigued. I'll probably be, I'll be, I'll have my eyes on this game because I'm not going to a game this week, but I'll also be watching in that 2:30 time slot, Kansas against Texas. Very, very intrigued by that game. Indiana at Maryland. Maryland's really good. Uh, Illinois at Purdue. Interesting game here. Uh, as as uh, Walters was the DC at Illinois, uh, Wagner at Rutgers. Rutgers looking to uh, get their fourth win of the year. I think they get it done. They're going to bowl, They're going to go to a bowl game this year. Bowling Green at Georgia Tech. Houston at Texas Tech. Texas Tech needs to win that game. Baylor at UCF. Arkansas State at UMass. Like I said, Arkansas State has found their quarterback. UMass is actually favored in this game. Kind of surprised to see that. USF at Navy. Uh, Old Dominion at Marshall. I'm shocked that Marshall is only a 14-point favorite in this game. Ball State at Western Michigan. Uh, Western Michigan has looked much better than expected this season. They're 1-3, but they've looked better than anybody expected. NIU at Toledo. This is always a good game. NIU is 1-3, though. Toledo is the class of the MAC, in my opinion. Missouri at Vanderbilt. Uh, Boise State at Memphis, a really, really good G5 game. Glad to see that the game's on ESPN2, getting some respect there. Hawaii at UNLV. New Mexico at Wyoming. Ranked game, LSU against Ole Miss. Big opportunity here for LSU to make a statement. As we saw Ole Miss last week fall flat on their face because they didn't have a game plan. Oregon at Stanford could get really, really ugly there. Iowa State at Oklahoma. ECU at Rice. Abilene Christian at North Texas. Troy at Georgia State. Interesting game here. Georgia State undefeated. Best start in school history at 4-0. Troy Troy is good. Really good defense that they're bringing there. I'm intrigued by that game. Texas State at Southern Miss. Coming into the year, Southern Miss was one of those sneaky picks in the Sun Belt West. Now Texas State looks like they could be a team. Utah Tech at Colorado State. This might be the game of the week. Notre Dame at Duke. Notre Dame coming off a loss. How will they respond? 
Duke undefeated. Really, really good football team. A first-round draft pick in Riley Leonard can even rise up draft boards even more potentially with a winner over Notre Dame. I'm really, really intrigued by this game. I will absolutely be watching that game. South Carolina at Tennessee, I discussed this game a little bit. I think uh, Tennessee wins this game, bounces back. A game I definitely will not be watching, Michigan State at Iowa. Goodness gracious, could you pick a worse football game to put on NBC at night? Why would they play this game? Why would they put this game on here? Just That's a terrible football game. I don't think Michigan State wins another game this season. And I was awful. So, goodness gracious, what a terrible game. Charlotte at SMU. Pitt at Virginia Tech. West Virginia at TCU. West Virginia, sneaky, 3-1. and one. Neil Brown, trying to s- – why? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I- I'm being facetious there, but, but kudos to them for – for, and for Neil Brown for for responding to the critics the way they have. App State at ULM. This is a sneaky game, a sandwich game for App State. Um, going to ULM, it's always a tough place to play. Um, uh, in App State's next game, they host their arch rival, Coastal Car- or one of their rivals, I should say, Coastal Carolina. Are they looking ahead? Don't look past ULM and Terry Bowden. San Diego State at Air Force. Can Air Force continue their run? Uh, being 4-0. Alabama at Mississippi State. Mississippi State has looked not looked good the past couple of weeks. Alabama just getting better, I, I, I believe. They're getting better. Washington at Arizona. And then Nevada at Fresno State. Fresno State might be able to pick the score in that game. But Washington Arizona, that game's going to be a shootout. Two good offenses. Washington is better, though. Again, this week, not the... Not as great of a slate as the previous week, but still, we got some games here, some interesting ones that we could look at from upset potential. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT Foot One to see some of my potential upset picks later in the week as we move forward. And then, of course, for any analysis throughout the week. It's been a joy uh, talking to you guys uh, today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed listening to this. Tried to jam in as many questions and answers as I could. Then wanted to talk about the week that was and the week upcoming. Uh, looking at my Heisman uh, right, the Heisman race right now. Again, I always think it's way too early to talk about this. But right now i got to put Michael Penix number one. And then I'm going to put Caleb Williams in there because he's still playing pretty well. Not a very good showing against Arizona State, but still got to give him his due. Um, then I think... Bo Nix is up there. Cam, Cam Ward from Washington State has entered the conversation. Is it is it really just a race between the Pac-12 quarterbacks? It, it might be at this point. It's, it's pretty crazy to think, but what a conference, to say the least. I think Shador Sanders is pretty much done in the race. I think we can all uh, – he's, he's a fantastic football player. He is. He is. But they were obviously – exposed for what what they are but at the same time I, i'll leave it with this a lot of people were overhyping colorado after what they'd done the first couple weeks at the end of the day colorado has already exceeded expectations for this season they won one game last year this colorado team will make a bowl game they've won three games already they'll win three more they will they, they'll make a bowl game which, considering where they've been the past couple years, that is an absolute fantastic season. Now, I understand Coach Prime and those guys, they want to win a championship. 
but that's very hard to do in one season. And in the trenches, they just don't have it. Offensively, defensively, they just don't have it. They have unbelievable skill players, and obviously they're missing arguably the best player in college football in Travis Hunter. So whenever you're missing your best player, I mean, you, you got some stuff you got to worry about, obviously. But at the same time, I, I, I think this is a great opportunity for, for us not to, to learn. Like the, the sports media world at the, at the TV channels, ESPN, Fox, all those people, don't overhype teams the, the, the way that they do. I understand like it for clicks and for TV and all this and that. But let's remember who Colorado was entering the season. And yes, I ranked them because I, I personally felt they deserved to be ranked. But I had them in like the 1920 range, which is I felt like where they were. And I still feel like they can be there. I absolutely do. I absolutely feel that they can and very well could be there at the end of the year. But the Pac-12 is very, very, very good. And against the very, very good teams like Oregon and potentially USC this week and Washington and we'll see moving forward, they could be exposed in Utah. I mean, that's a... Utah is great in the trenches, so that could be that could be another one. Now Utah isn't as explosive as Oregon, obviously. But I just think it's a good opportunity for us to remember let's not overhype teams and situations and let's just enjoy what we have here. This season has been absolutely fantastic already. The parody is absolutely amazing. Let's enjoy what we have here. Let's enjoy the greatness that is the Pac-12 this season because we're not going to have it anymore. It's sad and unfortunate, but let's enjoy what we got while we got it. So, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe if you ever listen to the podcast. Uh, please give a five-star rating on Spotify where you're listening to this. It's greatly appreciated. It helps get it out and promote it to more people. Please uh, share on uh, the platforms that I post this on. It would be greatly appreciated. Then please follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Feel free to follow me personally at Coach underscore B Will. Then also on uh, the Stunt app at TNT College Foot One. Doing great things on there. It's such an amazing app. It's for sports fans. They're doing amazing things there. I absolutely love it. It's been a great experience this far. And uh, again, enjoy week five. I will be sitting on my couch watching, like most of you. If you're traveling to games, safe travels. Be safe. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the blessing that is going to games. It's it's the, one of the best excitements that we can have, one of the best joys that we get to do. It's a blessing that I get to do this. And, again, my wife was able to go with me this past weekend to Illinois, and I really, really appreciate the support that she gives me and the love that she gives me to be able to do what I'm doing here. So, again, guys, thank you for listening. Everybody have a good day. God bless.